Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 230. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg, I am Isolated Wilson. Hello. So, uh, Matt, you and I were on the show last week, so I'm going to give Treg an opportunity to give us a little update. How is isolation treating you? Uh, it kind of sucks, but... Uh... Not too bad. The whole family now has COVID, so my isolation is going to last a little longer because because uh, I'm close contact with people with COVID, even though I have COVID. Uh, so I got to stay home for another, I don't know, till next Monday, I guess. And uh, yeah, so that's it. It's kind of boring. Uh, we've had some uh, friends and stuff drop off some, uh, well, some family drop off stuff to our doorstep that we needed, some groceries and that. And I know Blaine, you reached out and said, if I needed anything, you would help. But uh, so far, so good. Um, we'll see. See how it goes. I kept leaving bags of poop on your front step. I haven't gone outside, so I don't know. <laughs> your lawn will be fertilized <laughs> like I, I when i first got it uh me and the wife the wife and i got it at the same well i had symptoms the night before the next night she got symptoms so we both did it uh, my first night i did a test i was negative uh the next night i did a test we were both positive uh so we isolated downstairs and the kids were upstairs my son and daughter were upstairs uh and then my daughter just started feeling not feeling good my son started not feeling good and then they tested positive so which i know this sounds bad it kind of worked out because now we had we can just roam about the whole house and you know <laughs> didn't have to rely on the kids to do absolutely nothing for us so <laughs> the only thing that's bad about this is that you can get it again well it's like it's not like you're having like a chicken box party or actually, <laughs> I, 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 i've been pretty bored i don't know if anyone noticed on twitter i'm kind of like really enthralled with this trucker convoy <laughs> on a sarcastical kind of way. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been doing, I did some research on it and they said, actually, I probably have a less, a less of a percentage of getting COVID now that I'm triple vaccinated and have COVID than anyone who's just double vaccinated. So. COVID's listening right now. And it's like, we'll see about that. Yeah. 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 The Decepticon uh, yeah. variant will come out and be like, screw you, Wilson. That's right. You're done. So it kind of sucks. Wanna... 
You want to go to the gym? Go fuck yourself. It kind of sucks because <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a prep right now, and now I can't go to the gym, so my prep's kind of shit. Although I did lose weight, but still, it wasn't because I was. It could be the cutting phase. Well, it's cutting all right. It's cutting everything. <laughs> all right. Well, at least you're feeling a little bit better. No one's really, a little bit. No one's really got heavy symptoms, so that's that's important. No, we're all we're all good. Like uh, like I say, it was just like a bad head cold, and like even now I have a stuffed up nose and a scratchy throat, and still coughing up some shit. But we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Good times. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, you just finished work. Yay, Air Force. Yay, Air Force. Looking forward I, to some. Looking forward to some time off. <laughs> I still don't believe you actually work because we the Air Force around here doesn't work at all. Helicopter guys and. Plain guys are two different things in the Air Force, if you ask me. That's so. very true. It is very true. Yeah. Different breeds. Yeah, they just Apparently. go and they they go out and they fix the whirly bird, and they're like, "Why is everything vibrating?" All right, so that's the way it should be. Well, yeah, they just exactly. use pop. They just use pop cans and gun tape. That's all they Pretty do. Much. So. That's all it is. <laughs> you, you joke, but the last time I went on a Sea King to help fix the uh, IFF, the identification friend or foe, for those who are listening. Uh, I went on to help fix IFF and uh, yeah, yeah, we were using duct tape and old tin to hold that crap together. Those Sea Kings were, I think the one we were on was like 54 years old. I've used a beer box before to uh, reinforce an antenna when we were landing on a rough runway. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Go Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> the important thing is you got to empty out the beer case first that's right that's right that, that's why it was a rough runway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so uh moving on from all that uh, this episode we're going to be covering quite a bit there's been some new news the canadians are starting an off week so we've got time to catch up because nothing new is going to happen at all no not at I, all i have an insider information Ooh. Do you want to you want to kick it off with insider information? No, no. Well, I'll, I think we're going to get to it. And when we we're get going to, to tease it, it out until later in the show. Insider information I have. Aha! You guys have to stay and listen. Suckers. Anyway, so uh, we'll just kick it off with a little bit of an injury update. Um, Savard is now out for eight weeks with a, uh, a messed up ankle. Apparently he hurt this ankle about three weeks ago and played on it for that entire time how he's played some of his best hockey the last few weeks too so he has that's weird (laughs) if if your ankle's that messed up should they maybe just you know pull you well here's my thing and you look at weber and the way he is right now and you look at price and the way he is right now and then you have byron and with the news we found out about his hip and about how he hurt it long before the playoffs started. Oh, yeah. Um, what's going on with the doctors in Montreal where they're keeping sending these guys out when they probably shouldn't be? Like the playoffs, I get. The playoffs, I'll, I listen, I'm not going to – I get it. The players are not going to sit no matter what injury they have in the playoffs unless they necessarily absolutely have to. See, it's a fine line. When you have an injury – and you've recovered to a certain extent, um, you're not 100% recovered, 
right? You go out and play again. You re-injure yourself constantly. So you're, you're always in this, the, the final 10% where you're, you're okay to play, but you're not 100%, and you're constantly vacillating between the two. I can understand that, but when you've got, uh, well, <laughs> you tell Weber to get off the ice, honestly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I see what you're saying, but, but you got to look case, at it too. In this case, though, I mean, the season is shit, mm. and he's playing hurt for three weeks. Why? And why isn't the coach or the the doctors or the trainers stepping in saying this guy can't play, man? Like, get him off the ice. It's not like they're competing for a playoff spot. Or well, if they win sixty eight games in a row, they got a chance. They got a chance. And it's not like Savard is out there trying to set a record or win a Stanley Cup because he's already got his cup. So what's the motivation? I think it's just him being a veteran player. He wants to be there for his teammates, you know, injured or not. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah. But good on him. And as Drake said, he's, he had been playing some of his better hockey as of late. So I, just, oddly just, enough, yeah. To see another injury though, it's, it's not surprising with the amount they've had throughout the season. So hopefully he comes back and he's at a hundred percent when he's returned. But at that point, the season, well, season's already over as it is, but um, you know, you put an tack on another, eight seven eight weeks it's going to be that much worse team's going to look a lot different than what it does right now i have a feeling that there's going to be a review by management uh, on so many things and i think the training staff is probably going to be one of them too i mean there's there's already um there's already chatter on the francophone side of the media asking these same questions that Treg asked so there's going to well, be some poking around for the past three years. Montreal's had a shit ton of injuries, like a shit ton of them. Like price every year has some injury that puts them out. Weber's always injured, but Weber's just Weber. He's one of those guys that he's always hurt. He's going to play anyway. But I mean, Byron last three years had major injuries. Uh, you know, like Gallagher, Gallagher usually, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, with sometimes Gallagher, I mean, the defensemen hate him and always hit him in the hand with a slap shot. I mean, I don't understand why, but cross checks uh, to the face. Yeah, uh, but the point I'm making is, I don't think the trainers and you hit the nail on the head, especially this season. When a player comes in with a bad injury, they should be like, "Listen, we're shutting him down." Especially this season, we're shutting him down. There's no reason in him playing, and then maybe he's only out three to four weeks instead of seven to eight weeks. Um, and it just seems like the Canadians play him, then play him, and then play him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Shea Weber, you got to retire now because you have nothing left. You have no cartilage left in your body. So, yeah, you're done. Which, by uh, the way, hurts. Uh, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, in Weber's case, it was the playoffs. It was his chance to win a cup. It's probably last chance to win a cup. So, yeah, yeah. You, you would have to shoot him in the eyeball. And even then, I think you would have an issue getting him off the ice. Even but, then, his, uh, he w- his eyeball would spit the bullet out. Yeah. And then he would wink your arm off. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just think uh, I, I'm not happy with the training staff. Like, I don't uh, – Price so far has had – I mean, I don't know. Do you want to get into that now? Do you want to get we'll into We'll get price into it later. Or? But All there's right. been setbacks with his tra- – yeah. he's already mentioned it. Um, yeah. So th- these are questions that I'm sure are going to have to be answered – they're going to have to look into. Um, 
as we go along, but we'll keep that for maybe later in the week when we have a little bit more information. And we'll move on to the next person who somehow has fallen back under the Canadian's curse, which applies to anybody who is under contract, not just who's with the team, because Claude Julien is now not able to go to the Olympics because he fell down and broke his ribs. And he was only hurt because he is still under contract with the Canadians and he falls under the curse. Seems legit. Yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> so I feel, you know, I feel bad for him. I really do. Um, yeah. This was, this was kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of his moment to get back in the sun type thing and maybe even get an NHL coaching job. And I'm sure that there's still going to be teams that are going to call him next season. Um, but this is going to change the dynamic of this group. 100%. You're going to go from a more defensive minded coach to a more wide open guy. Um, it's Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Colton or whatever. Yeah. Colton uh, was yeah. with Chicago. He was an assistant coach on the staff and now obviously he's been bumped up to the head coach, but it's going to change the dynamic how this team's going to play. And uh, I think obviously they were better off with Julian at the helm, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, they start the tournament February 10th against Germany. See yeah. how uh, David Darnay does against the Germans. Well, without Julian there, now we know that uh, Wheel and Darnay are going to be misused. Facts. Because only Julian truly appreciated the greatness that was Jordan Wheel. Well, Darnay and Wheel are going to be the top line center and winger. And, you know, Wheel Harnay. Day Har Wheel. Day Har Wheel. And they're going to do really good. Oh, boy. Especially on the power play. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, moving on from there, we'll move on to the Canadians' last couple of games. Uh, since we've record- last recorded, they've played a couple of games. Um, well, they had the game against Anaheim where they, they turn into a, a close game, a 5-4 loss. Uh, they then got spanked a couple times. Most recently in, by Columbus, who beat the snot out of them 6-3. to three. So... Well, the sixth goal was an empty net, so let's... It's a goal. <laughs> it's still a goal. <laughs> Funny thing, I put the stat out yesterday, I think. The empty net still had a better chance of saving the puck than Montembeau did. So. Oh, you know what? I'm, I can't, it's about you the know same. What? It's about the same. I see a lot of tweets out there saying, oh, I feel bad for Monty. Oh, the defense is letting him down. Oh, Montembeau is not an NHL goalie. No. Uh, he lets at least one to two bad goals in a game. The game's that they played that were close, they could have won if he didn't let at yeah, least if he didn't one let, bad yeah, goal. Yeah. And well, I'm sorry, but I have no sympathy for Montebo. He's the red light Rassico. He's red light Montebo is what I'm going to call him from now on. The thing is, we've seen it. We've seen it. Like he lets in one of these goals, and then it shows his face right away. His mask off. He's rolling yeah. his eyes. You know, he he has to know. Well, that's why he's rolling his eyes. Or right. just his reaction after the goal yeah. goes in. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't believe that went in. Yeah. 
Yeah. We can't uh, believe it went in. We can't believe it went in either. Yeah. He is he's a tweener. He you know, he's he's a good AHL goalie. He's a meh NHL backup. Yeah. But right now he's being used as a starter on a and team that's just... doing him literally no favors. Yeah. Like yeah, so many, so many scoring chances are given. And in the seven to two loss to the Oilers on Saturday before they got spanked by the Blue Jackets. They gave up 12 high danger scoring chances, a couple of them on breakaways, like two on O's. And Ducharme's response to the end of that game is well, if you would have told me before the game that McDavid wouldn't have had a shot or a scoring chance in that game, I would have thought we would have had a pretty good chance to win. Like, what the. What kind of spin are you putting up? Stop bullshitting. Stop. That's all he has left. That's all he got. Because because he's got enough. You know what? Yes, he's getting a lot of shit from the media and he's got a lot of shit throughout the year. I just don't think he cares anymore. And I don't think the team does either when it comes to listening to these systems that he's trying to employ. What system? I think they, I think I, exactly. I think they know that he's done at the end of the year. I think he knows he's done at the end of the year. And if he can have a, if he can have a couple um, sound bites with the media from now till then, that's probably what he's going to do. Um, you can't win hockey games with no system and you can't win hockey games with a glorified AHL starter in net, you look at Montembeau and Primo, who are going to be the one-two for the next little while. Because Bryce isn't going to be back for a while. Allen's probably six, seven weeks out. Montembeau started thirteen games. He's he's been in nineteen, and he's sitting on an eight ninety-one save and a four point one zero goals against. Primo has started seven, appeared in in nine. And he has a 4.26 goals against an 885 save. Those aren't numbers that you can get excited about whatsoever. In the last, in the last four games, the goaltending combined yeah. is just over 600. It's it's insane. And even like I was excited that McNevin finally got a game. I would have liked to have seen him get a start instead. Oh, I think um, it's coming. Instead of instead of him coming in when he did come in. But even then, the game was already lost when he came in. He let up uh, three goals on seven shots, and he's sitting at a nine for goals against and a .571 goals against. So we know we know that he's likely not going to be part of the future. But with the amount of uh, injuries they've had and back to back on Montembeau and everything like that, it wasn't the time to throw him in there. I think they should throw Primo back to the Laval, let him probably, play. The, and, and probably make, would make, be the best thing. And McNiven can be the Lindgren. And if yeah. you're sticking with Montembeau, live and die with Montembeau. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, McNiven, there's a few players that you can say that on the roster right now that shouldn't be in the NHL that would benefit being in the NHL. Because I would say that's Montembeau. Being in the AHL. Montembeau Call in the up. AHL only has a 900 save percentage with 3.17 goals against average. Yeah. He's not even. No. A good AHL goalie. But you look at some of the some of the players that are on the AHL right now. Guys like Baddock, guys like Jean-Sebastien Day, those kind of guys. Those are guys that have a you call them up. And then and then take somebody like a Paling and put him down the AHL where he's gonna Coffee. play 
and he's gonna play and he's gonna play more meaningful minutes as opposed to the Edmonton game where 15. he played well the Edmonton game he played 17 minutes and then in the Columbus game he played seven right they, they, they're there's why the why the difference between one or the other now in Paling's case there's been a couple of uh, moments in games where he has looked a little bit lost but the entire team is completely lost he's not the only one the That's team true. is completely but, but disorganized talking, but, but we're talking about players that can go to laval oh yeah that are going to develop i would rather see him in, in the ahl and primo as opposed to them one getting lit up by nhl players and the other playing seven minutes a night on a, on a fourth line well caulfield paling and primo should all go to the ahl like caulfield should be there now i don't i don't I, you know what i'm okay with paling in the nhl i don't think i was gonna get bad. to that i was gonna make a point I, I, on that I, i'm not but put him in a winning culture put him in where he's with a team that could possibly make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs uh give him that um or or play your friggin' rookies play paling and caulfield in the top six right give them all the goddamn minutes that they would want or start primo every game start them live and die by them no no one way or the other no 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 you don't put primo in to start in the nhl and just throw him to the wolves well Absolutely no you not. don't but it's horrible that's a horrible way to deal with an nhl he needs goalie. to play so he has to he go needs to the play, yes but he needs he needs to play on a team that will actually defend so send him back down to laval 100 on paling's point i agree he can still benefit from playing in the nhl but the coaching staff has to play him and not just mop up minutes you you have to give him a defined role the role that you think he's going to play, say, next year. You want to play third line? There you go. You're now the third line center. You're going to do everything our third line centers are supposed to do in our, our plan. So kill penalties, uh, match up, maybe get a few seconds here and there on the power play. But there you go. And then at the end, nearing the end of the season, send him down to do the playoffs. Because as of right now, during this all-star break, you can do the paper thing where you can send him down and then bring him up so that he's eligible to play for Laval in the playoffs. But keep Yolonen down there, send Caulfield down there, support Primo properly and send him down there and make him start all the games. Just let him go. If McNevin's not part of your future, then McNevin no. should be the NHL with Montembeau right now. And Primo exactly. should be getting all the starts in the – because right now they're starting pooling and friggin' uh, – this other ECHL goalie um, because McDevin's on the taxi squad. And LaValle's so, winning because yeah, they but, have a good defensive core yeah. as AHL standards go. Mind you, after the all-star break, they're getting rid of the taxi squad, but um, right yeah. now McNevin's on the taxi squad. so Which but will I, make I say, it a little easier to send people down and just leave them there. But I, I say McNevin's the lingering of this year. Like bring him up. And Primo gets his starts in the AHL. He gets his time in between the, in between the pipes. And McNevin's the uh, uh, the sacrificial lamb that's going to be the backup slash. Hey, if you play better than Montebo, you're going to get the starts. 
What I'm noticing is there's been a reliance on certain players, one of them being Laurent Dauphin. <laughs> yeah. Did you true. not see his penalty shot? He's oh, it was a nice goal. He's had nice some flash. You know what? He's had some flashes. But not but, 20 minutes a night flashes. But like, yeah, the last four games, last four games, 1656, 1508, 1623, 1553, or 1552. Does he kill um, penalties? Um, sometimes. Not, not much. And he's it's more power play time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Right. Know, so it's if you want to if you like take those minutes and give those give that give those to Paling if you want if you want that player to succeed. And like exactly. another guy, another guy that I was a little, I've been a little bit surprised at is um is Pitlick. I think that Pitlick is is his uh he's performed since he's been on this team. Edmund well, against the game the team or when they when they played Edmonton. He led the team in time on ice by about 40 seconds. That's more than Suzuki, more than Anderson, et cetera, et cetera. The very next game when they play Columbus, he played 838, third lowest on the team. So I, I don't get it. In, in, the, in the, the line that was working with him, Evans, and Anderson, all of a sudden is broke up. Yep. And then we see um, the game against Columbus – Again, only one line shined, and that was the Suzuki to Foley Lekkinen line. Well, that's like the Lekkinen paling. Uh, who was it? Lekkinen paling, and I forget the third guy. Line for two games was clicking. Paling was getting some points. They were playing well. They were, and then you know they played well three games in a row, and then all of a sudden, no. Yeah, like, like I know, I know line. Gallagher came back. I know Byron right. came back, and you need to fit these guys in. And I don't think they looked out of place. The team itself looked out of place. I don't think they did, especially Byron. He actually, uh, he looked he was, good. He looked good. He looked good for a, for a first game in your forty plus games into the year, and you're playing against teams that have been playing hockey and winning games. Yeah, I don't think he step. looked out of place. I don't think he looked out of place. You're, you're going to need to find spots for these guys. When is it going to get to the point where a guy like Dauphin goes down, or or Paling goes down, or even Pizzetta goes down, or something like that? No, you know, honestly, uh, if you try to send Pizzetta down, you have to put him through waivers. Yes, and he's um, probably going to get picked up. He's probably going to get picked up because he brings an honest, hardworking, lunch pail style game every single shift. That's what, and that's what teams are looking for. He sacrifices for his teammates. He steps up for his teammates. And what's his reward? Five minutes in a game. Yeah, Six five, minutes in yeah, a game. Yeah, 528 against Columbus. Yeah, 548 against Edmonton. He's with, not with 17 minutes of balance. And he's not a slow skater. He's an okay skater, but yeah. he can keep up. You're not going to put him against top lines, no. but you know, if he's out there in the second line is out there, you know, nearing the end of his shift, he is good enough to figure out, Oh, I'm outclassed. I'll keep up for a few seconds, clear the puck change. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a smart player. He yeah. is. Um, he throws the body. He Ryan white. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. He's going to be a healthy scratch from now on with Byron and Gallagher back. He's on a really a good team, he would be like the 13th guy, but, but you know I'm what saying with the Canadians. I'm saying with the Canadians, with Byron and Gallagher back, he's going to end up I don't think he a, should. A healthy scratch. I'm not, I think so I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying he should. I'm saying he will be. Uh, I, you know what? I think Ducharme likes his French players. I'm not. Well, you know what? To, they, they made, I'm not trying to throw a. Uh, they made the right choice the other day by sitting back at and put Pizet and putting Pizet in. Yeah. And I and yes. I would I would wholeheartedly 
agree with putting that player on waivers. No one will pick him up. No one will pick him up. Exactly. Well, he's done absolutely nothing. Right. Put him on, put him on waivers. And if you're going to keep these guys on the team, play them. Yeah. See, I would rather put Dauphin on waivers because no one's, no one's going to take him. More than likely not. No. But there's teams like Philadelphia who would absolutely pick up a, a, a Pizzetta and hold on to him. 100%. He is that kind of player. I would put Dauphin or Paquette long before I put, I put Perot on waivers before I put uh, oh, yeah. uh, Pizzetta. And I don't, 100%. I mean, when Perot's played, he hasn't played terrible, but I'm just saying no. uh, Perot may get picked up, but Paquette and Dauphin aren't going to get picked up. Uh, well, Perot, when he comes back from injury, I mean, I don't care. Hopefully he comes back. They'll play him a little bit, maybe trade him for like a sixth or something. So, you know, it's not a big deal, but playing pocket over guys like Pizzetta Anyone? and Pitlick. <clears throat> See, Pizzetta and Pitlick to me are the guys, <clears throat> they're out there and they're proving that they belong, that they earn an NHL spot. Yeah. You want those guys in a losing season because they're bringing that winning attitude True. where they don't care what the score is. They're going to give you their 100%. And they're both RFAs. Exactly. And their 100% may not be good enough in that game. They may be outclassed, but they will never, ever, ever be outworked. And that's what you want to see in a season like this. But what does Ducharme do instead? A Dauphin. Don't get me wrong. He's okay. But has he earned 15 minutes more of ice time than them? No. Yeah. I just want to say one thing. Perot is the only guy in Montreal that does not have a minus for a plus minus. That one hat trick he had in the early early part of the season. It's zero, but. (laughs) Now, plus minus is normally shit, but when you're looking at plus minus comparing to a team, if your whole team is like minus 20 and you're you're a zero, that means you're doing something right. Lackanen's only a minus four and so is Safoli. Yeah. And Lekin is playing Ar- like a mad And shockingly, Armia. I don't know how he's only a minus four. But and anyway, shockingly, I'm... Sammy Nico is a plus three. Plus three. <laughs> and he's on, he's in uh, Laval. He's in Laval. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. And he was going to, he's going to really help Laval. Uh, I swear to God, Niku, he'll be a top, uh, top pair defender down there. He was an AHL defenseman of the year just a few years back. So Laval is looking very strong. So and if they just you got send, back as well. Yeah. yeah. And if you send, yeah. uh, if you send Primo back down, we've seen it in his play so far this year, he has had stretches where he has looked amazing and then stretches where he's looked pedestrian. And that's because that inconsistent play is because he's not ready. Okay. So send him down, let him get ready. And, and he's got a, def- a solid defense to back him up. If the Habs get this guy back, their uh, their season's going to turn around. Does I he have any should, HGH? To, I think they should get it? him out of uh, out of retirement. For and, those not uh, watching on YouTube, that's a picture of Jose Teodor. Get him, get him back. The shout out and shout out and a goal in the same game. Only one of three goaltenders to do that, and the, the first to do yeah. it. It wasn't a winning goal, so it doesn't count. It was the third goal, and the three nothing went over the Islanders, and he backhanded that motherfucker down the ice. 
Now, I want to bring up a point about one of the games. Uh, we've talked a lot about how Ducharme's system doesn't exist. Uh, Petrie's mentioned it earlier in the season saying, you know, the, the team's confusion with not knowing where guys are supposed to be and how it's constantly shifting. So apparently um, Ducharme is galaxy braining this thing, I guess. With his system, he's constantly 27 steps ahead and the players have no idea where the hell he is. So the system is not working. And then you have, uh, their, their spirits are way down. You can tell that they're just going through the motions. And then Montambo gets plowed by Cassian. And nothing happens. Nobody on the ice steps up. Now, Petrie watched it happen. He said after the game he didn't see it, but there's actual proof that he was skating around behind him and he was facing it. And he never Paling saw up. it too. Paling was right there and saw it too, and he did. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to get to that. I know, I know Petrie, they're shitting on him for not doing anything, like not even pushing Cassian, but Paling was in the corner. Why didn't he do it? Why didn't anybody else do it? Why wasn't, you know, like, I know Cassian's this, a tough guy, but this isn't even, this, this isn't even a situation where you want to see somebody just all of a sudden chuck both gloves and run out the player and, and start throwing, start throwing. Well, you wouldn't be against there it. was, but there was nothing. Usually, least, usually you see something when it, when a star player gets hit or a goaltender gets hit, you at least see. A pushback. You see a pileup, exactly. And that's what I expected when that happened. I, I expected a group just to go around him, not necessarily a bunch of punches thrown, but especially Petrie could have came over there and just said to him, like, what you did wasn't the right thing to do. What the fuck, et cetera. It shouldn't have had to take a player like Pizzetta at the end a of the game later. to drop the gloves and be outmatched against a guy like uh, Cassian. The sad thing is that was Pizzetta's next shift. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't yeah. played. He hadn't played in like twenty minutes. Right, and that's when and that's when having someone in the lineup like Baddock would make a little bit more sense. I mean, Pizzetta's fine. He Pizzetta's, fi- Pizzetta's fine, but he also fought somebody again out of his weight class, out of his. Of and I know. He, yeah. I know he's gonna he's gonna take on all comers. Yeah, but. You have a guy like Baddock in the lineup that's much bigger, that's used to that's used to the heavy game, that's the et cetera. Yeah, but he's he wasn't a guy, there. he he's a guy, but still, but he'd be a deterrent in the lineup. Would he though? Would he to, to an extent he only, play, he only play four minutes a game? Right. To an extent. I, I don't see I don't see having guys like that being a deterrent, especially to someone like Cassian. When it so, comes to Cassian, like you're not just grab his Cassian. shirt, something, yeah. swear at him. You're not gonna fight him. Like no one's gonna fight him, like because he's just he's one of the few guys left in AHL, like that Nick Delorier or a a Wayne Reeves. Simmons, I guess in Toronto, or Reeves, who you don't really want to. I mean, I guess Wayne Simmons is a little bit down from Wayne Reeves, Simmons is definitely down. Yeah, uh, yeah. from Reeves, and but he's one of the guys that you're like. All I wanted like to see Marcus Foligno. <laughs> all I wanted to see was a the whole team come over and two guys grab him or a couple guys grabbing and just get in his face and just get in his face and say, you know, that's not right. Fuck off. Well, think of the Minnesota game. Speaking of Pizzetta, Pizzetta hits Dumba in the last few seconds of the game. 
everybody went after Pizzetta. Yeah. They could have at least done something like that. Not not yeah. necessarily two or three players jump on him and and everything like that. But they have to. They should have at least got in his face. You get a, a little bit of a scrum. It would have shown a little bit, but instead there was fucking nothing, and it just made the team look like a joke. Ducharme was mad about that. He was mad. Yeah, he wanted five guys at the corner, which is basically his defensive style. Five guys in the corner. (laughs) Well, he has two guys playing, two defensemen playing on the same side now. So (laughs) a lot. Again, that was that was. I can see Ducharme sitting on the bench, kind of like Rain Man, and he's trying to like come up with everything. But and the team, is, and the team's like, I don't know what this guy's doing. But again, this I got, points I to I got to watch system. Wapner. It's Wapner time. <laughs> but again, this points to his system not being understood or just not having one. Well, and, Druin, who played for him before, has had a couple of discussions with him on the ice in practice, where he's like, either he fuck? didn't understand what he was trying to show them. Or he's like, this isn't working. Yeah. Either, either Ducharme is coaching at a a level of consciousness so far ahead of everybody that his plans won't be understood for another 20 years, or he's just not good. Not at the NHL level. Not at the NHL level. Do you guys want to hear my insider information now? Absolutely. uh, Before we get to the insider information, I just want to point out one other thing. Uh, after this incident, the A on Petrie's sweater was taken off. Now, I know it's because Byron and Gallagher came back and they need their A's too, but they didn't take away Suzuki's A. They left it there. According to Chantel McAvee, that was a ro- they were rotating. They were rotating the A's this year, and it just so happened in the next game. Just was- happened. Because they're rolling for the roll, but they are they're rolling for they're, they're rolling they I think I think some people freaked out on that a little bit more, and I think they they read into it. If a they bit wanted, more they if they wanted to avoid that, they could have just left the A on the sweater. That's clearly not yeah. planning ahead. They know you know it's going to come up. Yeah. So, what's your insider information? Well, since we brought up a certain coach in the NHL named Dom Desharm, my insider information is. I do not think Darm Desharm makes it out of this uh, bye week. That's not insider information. That's just your assumption. Insider information. <laughs> oh, like five R's? <laughs> I know. I've read it on a, on a few things now. There's some, even the Francophone media are saying that they believe this. Uh, this is the coaching change week, week or the time, time to search. This will be, if they're going to get rid of them, it's now or it's never. And who are you think? And who are you thinking that they're going to bring in? Do you think it's going to be someone internal, or do you think they're going to bring in someone from outside the organization? I think it's just going to be like a Luke Richardson or a uh, Burrows. Burrows. Yeah. Yeah, I read something in the hockey writers about the coaching changes coming up. Okay. Somebody wrote about that. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Well, I wasn't getting it from there because I don't trust anything you say. Uh, <laughs> I've known you way too long. Uh, but uh, Rene Lavoie hinted on it. Is it yeah. Lavoie? Yeah, yeah. Rene Lavoie, yeah. Yeah, he's Gagne, hinted on uh, it. TVA, Gagne. Francois Gagnon. Francois Gagnon hinted on it. There's No one's actually come out and said it, but a lot of people are hinting around. Because Hughes said today in his interview that he did today with uh, one of the French media things, because he's doing a French media circuit the last few days. Uh, he said... Uh, they, something's got to change. There's the team's lacking leadership. They're lacking a lot of things, and they they recognize what's happening on the ice, 
This was after last night's game, and yes, they they understand things got to be starting to put in motion. So to me, and you're right, Blake, this is more of an assumption. It's not really insider information. but it's insider. Every insider is doing their own little assumption just with a little bit of an educated guess. Uh, I, I think the Ducharme's I – think, I think he's numbered anyway. I think this is his last oh, season. Yeah. After this I, season, he is not – I think he anymore. knows it. I think he knows it. I think a lot of people know it. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think it's going to be probably this week. Now, as we're recording, it is the 31st of January. Yeah. Uh, the plan that Hughes had put out a couple days back is that he was going to sit with Ducharme either today or tomorrow, February 1st, when this episode comes out. Uh, he's going to sit with Ducharme and go over the whole thing. What's your system? What's your plan? This is what I want. He's going to get a feel for what Ducharme is laying down, and he'll make a decision. Yes. Speaking of, speaking of leadership, you're a trick. Um, do you believe we'll see a captain on this team before the end of the year? Or do you think that's no. a start? Do you think that's a start of something else? Or start Jordan, next he, Hughes already said they're not going to pick a captain until next season. And I, I believe they're not going to pick a captain until next season. I don't think they need one. They don't need one right now. A C isn't going to change. Listen, I get the significance of a C, but it's really not going to change anything on this team. It really isn't. No, I mean, you either have leaders or you don't. Whether they have a C on their shoulder or not is doesn't the C doesn't automatically make you the special leader that uh, you know changes everything. It just gives one person one voice really, and uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think Suzuki's going to get it next season. That's that's my uh, that's my thought. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, before we cut out uh, final thoughts, uh, Matt, do you have any final thoughts? Special shout out to everybody on Spotify and Joe Rogan for giving us more viewers than Neil Young. <laughs> Not necessarily what Joe Rogan's saying, but because of him and Spotify, we now have more viewers than Neil Young. That might be yeah, our new tagline. Because he's not there anymore. That's right. <laughs> we, technically, we technically have more listeners than Garth Brooks, too. So true. Uh, Treg, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, wear a mask. Get vaccinated because COVID is real. <laughs> I shouldn't have yeah. to say that, but. Uh, and if you're a truck driver who's still delivering and still keeping my grocery stores and all my stores fully operational, thank you very much. You're the true heroes in this, uh, in this time. And for me, I want to give my, fi- my final thought is a shout out to the true heroes in this entire pandemic, the medical staffs, doctors, nurses, all the hospital staff that help out, people that make the food, people that clean, change the lunch, people that uh, the, the sitters, because there's actually people that sit in the rooms with, with uh, patients and make sure they don't hurt themselves. And they're the heroes in this. You, they're not the ones going out and pulling a tantrum or complaining. They're doing their job. They're too tired to do anything else. Um, my wife has been redeployed to a COVID unit and she's been working 12 to 14 hour days 
every single day. And she comes home. She is so tired. She can't even yell at me. Which you two understand is, I mean, it's deserved. You should see what we say to him often. Right? <laughs> My God. Especially when he says, how come supper's not ready? Like five minutes after he walks in the room. <laughs> That's how I got this no. scar. <laughs> um, I do the cooking because <clears throat> I'm the better cook. And, uh, and not by a little. Let's just put it that way. She does a lot of things, but cooking ain't one. So picking husbands isn't one either. But, oh God, her know. taste in men is horrible, <laughs> horrible. I can't believe she's been married to me for over twenty years. That's it's ridiculous. called settling, Drake. <laughs> Meet a sailor at the palace. Bing, bing. But no, that I want to. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, healthcare staff, all of them. They're the ones that deserve uh, our appreciation at this time, because this is dragging on too long. I, I understand the um, people being fed up with everything going on. Everybody's fed up. We're all tired. We want this to end. So, thank you, doctors, nurses, healthcare staff, and with that comes the end of our show. So I want to thank everybody who is tuned in, everybody who's listening for making us more listened to than Neil Young on Spotify. So thank you so much. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. someone you love obsess over the Habs and they aren't even a fan of the team? Is your social media filled with old jokes and pathetic attempts at trolling? Then you have HOD, Habs Obsessive Disorder. From the makers of Bergie Arms comes 3 to 1. 3 to 1 is specially formulated to cause a temporary choking sensation which will remind you that your team hasn't won a playoff series since the invention of HD television. Side effects may include a desire to shave your head and grow a goatee, a lack of fashion sense, an uncontrollable urge to say, but Tavares was hurt, pretending every head coach this century doesn't call your team soft, an uncontrollable urge to choke in the playoffs, and a realization that your ability to have an inferiority complex while simultaneously being obnoxious while never winning is why you're found undesirable. Ask your doctor if 3-1 to is right for you. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.